there are two sides to everything and to every person. So we've got the masculine and the feminine. We're going to talk about the feminine. And we have brought in astrologer, spiritual teacher, and author, Julie Lore. And she's written Goddesses for Every Day. This is exploring the wisdom and power of the divine feminine around the world. Hello, Goddess Lori. How are you? I am great. How are you doing today? <laughs> I'm doing good. I Your book to me is like a cool other form of divination because you yeah. can literally flip open, put your finger on a page, and there is a goddess with a message ready to help me through my day. So talk a little bit about how this book is set up. And I love that you brought that up first, because that's one of my favorite ways to use the book, and I've heard the same thing from other people using it like an oracle in a seemingly random way. I, it was kind of an interesting journey, long journey, to create the book, but and I struggled with it a bit. But ultimately, because I am an astrologer, the frame of the zodiac is one that, with which I'm familiar, so I kind of resolved myself to use that as a way to organize the year, in addition the goddesses are organized according to the stages of women's lives. So the virgin goddesses, the maiden goddesses, and the warrior goddesses all happen in spring. The mother goddesses and moon goddesses are in summer, grain and harvest goddesses in the autumn, and the older wise crone goddesses of fate and wisdom appear in the wintertime, in the darker time of the year. So there's kind of a wheel within a wheel, and they're organized, as I said, by the zodiac. So there's Aries goddesses and Taurus goddesses and Scorpio goddesses and, and so forth. And so then each, each day has a goddess for every single day of the year. She has uh, a quality which I perceive from her myth to be something that maybe characterized her better than anything else. And then a few paragraphs about who she is, and then each day concludes with a contemplation which is a bit like a call to action or a meditation or an affirmation, which I hope will be able to make the person who reads it bring the energy of that goddess into their life in some very practical way. Okay. And did you did these goddesses sort of tell you which day they wanted? Because, I mean, there's so many of them. And I, I flipped open to my birthday because everybody's, you know, that's the first thing they do is, oh, I wonder which goddess is on my birthday. And right. I have the Wawa Log sisters. Do you yeah. know them all? Like if I flipped open and said a name of a goddess, are you, you know, can you tell me a little bit about them or, or tell me your favorite goddesses? Well, the answer to the first question is yes and no. Uh, there's actually thousands of goddesses that I discovered, and gods too, for that matter, around the world in all the different cultures around the world. And some of them... More of who they are sticks in my memory than others. The the Wawalog sisters, I think, are fantastic. They're from um, uh, the Aborigines, and I think that they're amazing. But um, And, of course, it's really hard, as you can imagine, for me, working with all these different goddesses and then having to choose 366, one for every day of the year. I do tend to have my favorites, but in some way I have learned so much from every single one of them. I love Tara, who's the Buddhist goddess of compassion, and Kuan Yin, who in a sense is her Chinese counterpart. But I also love Black Kali of India, who at first glance is kind of bloodthirsty and violent, but her inner message 
is that life is not about totally the world of form at the end of the day, and we have to be prepared to let go of what no longer serves us. So it's kind of uh, an extreme. I love the three goddesses of pre-Islamic Arabia. They're a maiden, a mother, and a crone, and they were worshipped for thousands of years before Islam, and they're... um, they're fantastic. So it's such a cross-section, and I wanted to include as many diverse archetypes as possible. So people, women primarily, and yet I'm so thrilled with the men that I'm hearing from who are enjoying the book and buying it as gifts for their wives or daughters, but also really learning things themselves. So that was kind of a long answer to your question, but it's a big question. No, that that completely makes sense to me. So, you know, you've you've written other books and and done astrology and all that kind of stuff. So, what kind of light bulb went on that you said, "I'm going to focus on goddesses"? What was the journey to writing this like? I had been writing for a great many years, and about five, going on six years ago now, someone hired me to ghostwrite a novel that was set in biblical times. And truthfully, it was not really a time I knew a lot about, so I had to do a bunch of research. And the more research I did and the farther back in time I went, the more I realized, as others have realized before me, that there's this enormous legacy of feminine wisdom that basically has just been suppressed or forgotten as a patriarchal mode grew in power two, three, four thousand years ago, and I just caught fire. I, I kept asking myself, why don't I know this? Why aren't we taught this in school? What happened to all this tremendous information? So I just kind of got a mission to do whatever I could to make the information accessible to as wide an audience as possible. So that was the beginning of the story. Okay, and did you get to travel at all while you were writing this? I have always kind of been a traveler myself. Uh, My first big trip was spending a summer in Mexico when I was only 20, and I I take an annual trip to Egypt, and so I have traveled to a lot of places around the world and sort of soaking up knowledge and trying to understand this, but um, most of that travel actually was done before I wrote the book. I still travel whenever I can, Mm -hmm. and I want to do an in-depth journey of France because of the involvement of especially the south of France with the sacred feminine. All of Mm -hmm. that was sort of made made known to a huge audience through the Da Vinci Code. Oh, yes, absolutely. Loved that book. And what part of the world do you think really honors um, the divine feminine the most? At this point in time, I would have to say it's Bali. That's a Hindu culture. I haven't been there yet, definitely on my list. But from what I understand from people who have been there, it is very honoring of the sacred feminine, very honoring of the goddess energy. Of course, it's true in Hawaii, for sure. The goddesses there are alive and well. And in places like India... Um, I think, at least in principle, the goddesses are honored, even if the human women aren't as much. And the same is true in places where Buddhism spread. The idea of the goddesses is honored, but not so much the, um, the human women. And in many ways, it's true in Africa, 
in indigenous cultures around the world, the influence of the patriarchy, what has happened in Western culture, doesn't seem to have obliterated the value of what culture saw for many thousands of years in the feminine energy. Yeah, that's, you know, because you wrote a little bit about that, about how we we in Western society really don't, um, I don't want to say value it enough, but that we're missing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would I, say we don't value it enough. It's changing for sure, but it's, it, something I had not read a lot of was church history in what are called the Abrahamic religions, the monotheistic religions, and truly and also in many of the myths that came out of the Greek culture, everything feminine, the more powerful the goddess, the more she was either diminished or turned into a demon. And in Greek myth, the more ancient goddesses were sort of forced to marry some up-and-coming god so he could take over and be responsible for what had been her domain before. So I think, you know, I'm old enough to remember... uh, when a lot of things became law or changed, and it's very different. I have daughters and granddaughters, and I can tell you that in those three generations, things have changed dramatically in terms of what was available to me or even thinkable to me Mm -hmm. to what is now automatically true for a new generation of girls growing up in the world. Can any of these goddesses be our spirit guides? Well, I think that's true, and I had some amazing experiences when I was writing this book. I've always been sort of open to the idea of muses and spirit guidance and inspiration, but I had some uncanny experiences. I mean, things like books falling off the shelf and opening to exactly the page I was, the the place I was working in the calendar. Nice. I had some amazing dreams where goddesses would seem to speak to me, I would have sort of a spontaneous vision sometimes, as if I was in the middle of the circle of all 366 of them, and they would move. Somebody would move from one place in the circle and take the place of someone else. And then I needed to do research, and sure enough, I'd find out that 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 was right, that the goddess really belonged in the new spot. And I had to find usually older information to explain the deeper truth of, of some of these goddesses. Now, are there any particular ways to know if a goddess is around you or connected to you, like signs? Ooh, what a great question. Well, of course, I think that um, I have a belief system. One of the areas that I've also studied practically my whole life is dreams and dream symbolism, and I think it's huge. And when people begin to engage symbols in a very conscious way, then they, I believe they appear in waking life as well. And many people might term this like shamanic, but I think that looking at it that way maybe isn't broad enough. It's more like what Carl Jung was trying to tell us about the idea of synchronicity and how we're engaged, maybe even in quantum physics, with the larger reality of which we're a part. So, yes, I think that they might show up in an animal, for example, that represents them, or someone might speak to you randomly in the grocery line, and that's actually the voice of a goddess that you can recognize through the words. Uh, And it, of course, operates at all levels of guidance. It isn't just about goddesses, but 
for me, when we begin to engage the world in this way, to imagine that every person is a teacher and every possible life experience holds a potential lesson, then we start getting messages all the time, feedback, Mm. if you will, from the universe. Oh, yes, just being open to what's there. Because I also think of when we get nature symbols, that's like Mother Earth, which, of course, is, is, you know, very divine feminine to me. Yes, it's true. And and as you say, Mother Earth can be speaking to us. It might be a particular bird that we encounter in a very strong way that we can't mistake, it seems, that the bird comes into our awareness. And then maybe if we do some research about that bird and its nature or or what it represents, we can decode the specific message that we're receiving. I love that. And we are going to wrap this up by actually flipping through your book, Goddesses for Every Day, and we're going to see what message they have to give to us. So I'm flipping through, and Julie, you tell me stop whenever. Now, stop. All right, now say left or right. Left. We have pulled up, um, you, uh, you're going to help me with the pronunciation, Prakriti? Prakriti. Actually, it's Prakriti. on the first. Yeah. And it says about Earth is the basic feminine material out of which the entire universe is formed. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, does that sound like a big message we're getting. And yes. your contemplation on this particular day, the spontaneous creativity of my mind brings forth either beauty or disorder. I love that. <laughs> oh, see, and so this is the way you can use the book. And I mean, I've I've already looked up everybody's birthday and special days, and it's so cute because May fifteenth, which is what we just flipped open to, happens to be my niece's birthday, and I, I, that has it. special meaning to me because she's special to me. So I think there's a sign even in that that I opened up to that page. Well, Julie, thank you so much. The website is julielore.com, J-U-L-I-E-L-O-A-R.com, and we will have that up on our website. Thank you so much for sharing your divine feminine with us today. Thank you, Lisa. Many blessings and have a wonderful day. Thanks so much, and thanks, everybody, for choosing to be Positive Now.